Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM, Fight Nation, channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. WrestleMania 35 is in the books, and we've got complete reaction and analysis of WWE's biggest event of the year. WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I tackle one of the greatest WrestleMania matches of all time, Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan. Seth Rollins' shocking defeat of Brock Lesnar and the winner-take-all first-ever women's main event match at WrestleMania between Ronda Rousey, Charlotte Flair, and the man, Becky Lynch. You might love the World Series, you might love the Super Bowl, but nothing compares to WrestleMania. Um, Last night, Seth won, Kofi won, Becky won. The WWE gave their fan base exactly what they wanted. But I ask you, is the WWE Universe truly happy today? I I think they're happy. Definitely a little tired <laughs> and maybe even a little confused by what we saw in what I thought was a fantastic main event with a winner take all and Becky Lynch, your champion. We have absolutely so much to get in today to today, but I, I think the very first thing that we have to address, yes, Becky's our champion. We're going to get to that, but... The length of the show. It's a killer, isn't it? it? It is a bit of a killer. And I think I would hope, Bully, after this past WrestleMania, maybe the WWE learned a lesson that less is sometimes more. They have to learn a lesson this year. I was absolutely floored by the fact that the main event went to the ring at midnight. I mean... Think about it. I mean, fans, uh, people watching at home. Dave, in what other sport? I know you've been around football and baseball for so long. What other sport? What other genre of entertainment? Where else does the main attraction, the main event, go on stage or go into the ring at midnight? It, uh, It just doesn't happen. It, do, like, it, do, it, it does not happen when you have a main event starting around midnight. Now, I know people are going to say, well, MMA, but don't forget, that's on the West Coast. So that's exactly. a lot earlier than when you're watching it on the East Coast. You know, at MetLife Stadium last night, that main event started close to midnight. No, no, Dave, it started at midnight. I was looking at my clock. Like, I'm watching my TV, I'm looking at the clock, and I'm just shaking my head in disbelief. And the reason I'm shaking my head in disbelief is because of the athletes. I genuinely felt bad for Charlotte, Becky, and Rhonda. Because, listen, I'm going to go back to the night before. You go to the Hall of Fame. It's a, lo- it's a long night. 
right? Yes. Was the Hall of Fame the night before? Right. It was the night before, yes? Yes. You go to the Hall of Fame. It's a long night. You're mingling. You're seeing everybody. You go to bed knowing that you're in the main event the night after. You're not getting a lot of sleep. The nerves, the jitters are keeping you up, right? You get some sleep, and then you're up early the next morning, and you got to get to the building by a certain call time, and you're there all freaking day, and you got to wait, and you got to wait. And you gotta wait, and you gotta wait, and then WrestleMania starts. And then, if you're in the main event, if you're one of those three ladies, you know what you gotta do? You gotta wait for another four hours and forty-five minutes. Like how? How do you keep yourself contained as an athlete? You know, in football and in sports, there's that old term, Dave: "Don't peak too soon." Right? Yeah. And what does "don't peak too soon" mean, Dave? Well, it's gonna—it's you get ready for you get your game face on, and you can't get your game face on too early because at some point you get complacent and you're gonna lose your edge. How the hell do you wait until like eleven thirty at night to start peaking? How do you wait that long before you finally go to the ring? Listen, it's physically draining, but it's emotionally draining. Because you get to a certain point where you're like, damn it, I want to be out there and I want to be out there now. But you have to wait and wait and wait. So I did, I, I did feel bad for those girls. They gave it their all. They gave it the best they had. But there's only so much you can give when you have to wait around that long, and man, at midnight, now go be the best match of the show. Now go be the main event that everybody wants to see. And it's and I I would have to think, bully. And this is a great perspective because I don't think anybody listening was thinking of the athlete in the ring. We're all thinking about what it was like sitting in a, in our in our seat at MetLife Stadium or watching home on TV, and how draining it is for us. So imagine an athlete. And I would have to think, bully, in all those hours. And you're talking about the waiting. I'm guessing in all those hours, you're thinking as well. So as an athlete, sometimes probably thinking is the worst thing you want to do when you're getting and closer and closer and closer to that time you have to go out to the ring. It, it, I'm telling you from firsthand experience, I'm telling you from speaking to other performers that waiting around sucks. It mentally drains you. Uh, you know, even Ronda, Ronda probably has some of the out of the three, probably has the most experience waiting around the longest because of her MMA fights. But she still has never had to wait around until midnight. You know, it's a long time to ask of any athlete. I don't care if it's a male or a female. Those fans have seen so much the fans are emotionally exhausted. I'm telling you, the athletes are exhausted also. So what you saw out there last night was the best that those women can, could have possibly done after an extremely draining day of doing nothing. 
Well, that's a great perspective because I think a lot of us don't even think about the athlete when it comes to these marathon shows for WrestleMania. And I definitely want to get into the fans' perspective a little later on because, Bully, as tough as it is on the athlete and the waiting, it could be draining sitting out there for seven, eight hours at MetLife Stadium. We'll get into that, but we have to get into the main event. And they waited a long time. Like you said, they didn't hit the ring until midnight. Think about it. They hit the ring this morning. You know, we're, we're, we're coming on the air nine hours after this main event took place, Bully. And a great main event. I thought all women were fantastic. We have a winner-take-all champion in Becky Lynch. But a lot of people on social media, and I'm sure a lot of people who are going to be calling in to bust it open this morning, Bully, pretty crazy end to that match last night. It was, and um, I'm not quite positive, and I think me and you are going to talk it out right now, what they were going for last night, because there was a discrepancy with the three count, correct? Yes, I mean, it's her, her right shoulder was clearly up at the count of one. The minute I saw the finish of this main event, the first thing I thought about was Brock and... Roman in the cage at Saudi Arabia. Remember the discrepancy on that finish? Yes. Back and forth. What happened? You know, he was out of the cage, in the cage. You hit first. That's what I thought of. There is no way in hell that Ronda's shoulders were down for that one count. Now, the referee had a horrible point of view and a horrible perspective on, on this count. And it almost felt like to me like he might have been out of position on purpose because after that three count hit which came out of nowhere i don't think anybody was expecting it the first thing ronda did was pit pop up and she was complaining so there was an 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 obvious edict from creative that said we want becky to slip over and that's what becky did last night becky won but not definitively with her finish. She caught a quick one. And in pro wrestling, when you catch a quick one, you get the other person on their feet immediately. Mm -hmm. And dude, how quick was Ronda back on her feet? Pretty quick. Instantly. Yep. Instantly, as if she was fresh and ready to go and keep on fighting. She It actually got to the point where she kind of pointed down at Becky. I thought she was going to put her hands back on Becky and start beating the crap out of her again. So that finish, not quite sure. You're definitely going to want to tune into Raw t- today, uh, tonight to see how they go about it. But there can be, definitely be a case made for Ronda's shoulders were not down, but you still got what you wanted. Becky Lynch is the the uh, the Universal Champion, the the WWE Women's Champion. She's the champion of all. She's champions. the champion. She's the women's champion right now. She holds both titles in the WWE, the SmackDown title and the Raw title. And you're right, Bully. That's what the fans wanted to see. That eighty thousand plus a record cr- crowd at MetLife Stadium last night. That's what they wanted to see. But again. We talked about this when it comes to Ronda and when it comes to Charlotte. You know, a lot of our fans wanted to see Becky tap out Ronda. And obviously you get the pin and people wanted that as well. But the fact does remain, you did not get that pin. (laughs) Becky Lynch should not be champion this morning because she did not win that match. And, And that's 
going to be the perspective going into Monday Night Raw tonight. And it's going to be interesting if they bring that up. Because I went back and watched it again this morning. They did show the replay with the shoulder being up. And Corey Graves was adamant about the fact. But then... He was like, I got to see that perspective again. And they never showed. When they showed the replay again, they showed it from the other side. And Michael Cole and and did not did not mention it, did not mention the shoulder being up. And it just wasn't mentioned again. So I'm wondering, Bully, if they are going to make this a story moving forward on Monday Night Raw. It, you know what? With the world that we live in of social media, I think they're damned if they do and they're damned if they don't. Yeah. You know, I, I if they don't mention it, people are going to be going crazy saying, hey, you know, it, it's definitive. Um, and if they do mention it, now Becky is not as credible. So what is the lesser of the evils? I mean, well, let's get into some uh, some news that uh, Dave Meltzer is reporting from Wrestling Observer. And he says he says that the plan was indeed for Lynch to pin Ronda Rousey last night. Uh, He also says that Ronda has a broken hand, a severely broken hand, and that has been diagnosed. And as of right now, that could be her last match. Now, that doesn't mean that she's gone for good, but at the very least, she's gone for now. So it's not like you can now follow this up with another pay-per-view match, at least for right now, according to Dave Meltzer. I'm not quite sure how that's breaking news. What, breaking news that she broke her well, hand? Well, it's, it's breaking because her hand is broken. Yeah, well, okay. She, she broke. <laughs> let, let's, let, let's not put the guy over too much for absolutely nothing. Okay, her hand is broke, and the idea was for, um, for Becky to go over. She did. Now it's just, did they want the finish like that? Because th- th- there's two things that tell me this is might have been what they wanted the referee being out of position and and ronda getting up so quickly okay and if that is the case that means that not only did they feel the need to protect ronda but they also felt the need to protect charlotte yes i'm telling you dave when i saw that table came out it made me think of the reason me and you are together on this show. Yep. All the way back to Okada Omega 1 and the argument that we got into. I hated the fact that there was a table involved in that match. There was zero need for the table. Zero. But why was the table brought in? Because they needed to protect Charlotte. Like Char- something so dramatic had it happened to Charlotte that, you know... She got taken out of the match. You really needed a table? And the table bump, I'm sorry, was a, was a little lackluster. You didn't and need I, it. It was and, not necessary. And I'm being kind. Yes. Okay? It, it didn't go well. You could have very well have had Ronda hit something really strong, Becky hit something really strong, and then the both of them could have hit something really strong together with wrestling moves, and then you could have kept charlotte out of the match i do not believe a table was was necessary and everybody's like oh bully what do you think about ronda saying tables are for bitches i agree with her last (laughs) night a table was for bitches nobody needed a freaking table last night 
You know, and you mentioned and you mentioned this in, in your interview with Chris Jericho on Talk is Jericho about the story about us getting together, talking about that match from New Japan. And it's exactly what I thought of when I saw that table. But I think the biggest thing and the biggest problem that I have. Now, listen, we've gone back and forth about Charlotte, Ronda and Becky and about Becky and the way that she's been booked with the knee injury and, you know, her you know tapping out to Asuka at the Rumble. But man... Like, you know, this is where you got to kind of feel for Becky. This was supposed to be her moment. This was a WrestleMania moment. This was the match to show how credible she is as champion. And I just think that was kind of weak to have the match end the way that it did it last night. At least that's my opinion. So you take the pers- your perspective of you thought it was a little weak the way they ended the match. Yes. Now you take into account that the finish of that match happened seven and a half hours after the show started. If you want to get technical and go, it's five and a half hours from the minute WrestleMania Mm -hmm. started, okay? Five and a half hours later, did you hear the pop for Becky? Yes. It was good. Yeah. It wasn't Kofi's. Busted Open Podcast. That match with Daniel Bryan and Kofi Kingston, as far as matches and moments, may be at the top of my list. As far as emotional investment from fans, do you know what what it reminded me of? What's that? Rock Hogan, WrestleMania 18. Great call, Bully. Great call. And I don't know how much of a bigger compliment I could possibly pay to Kofi Kingston and Daniel Bryan. When you have people that immersed, and you have to remember something, the emotional investment in Rock and Hogan is because you're looking at iconic personalities. When you when people are that emotionally invested in Kofi Kingston and Daniel Bryan, it's because they're into two incredible wrestlers telling a great story with people hanging on every false finish. So, man, what a great job. And, Dave, this is very telling to me. And this is our story on Busted Open over the past couple of months. Do you remember the day I came on the show and I said, well, the WWE now has, like, whatever it was, 53 days or whatever the hell it was to get people more emotionally invested in a storyline or an angle or a match more than the women? Yep. And then Kofi popped up. Okay, and it was by happenstance. We know, we know the Ali situation happened, but Kofi popped up and Kofi captured everybody's emotion. Not only did Kofi and Daniel Bryan command the investment, I put up a poll last night after WrestleMania was over about what was your favorite match of the show. Landslide, Dave. Landslide. Daniel Bryan, Kofi Kingston, 73%. The women, 12%. Brock and Seth, 6%. And then other was 9%. Kofi and Daniel Bryan stole the show. Yes, and I'm actually surprised. You say a landslide, Bully? I'm actually surprised that that percentage isn't higher. Because if I had to make a list... Of my top five WrestleMania matches of all time, that match is on that list. And listen, I was one of the 80,000 fans 
And I wasn't sitting ringside. I I I uh, tweeted out some pictures where I was sitting. Bowling. You were you were sitting in New York. Yeah, I I, I think I, I think yeah, I think I might have been in New York. I think I might have been sitting at the top of the Sirius XM building for crying out loud. But I was part of those eighty thousand fans that were in that building. And let me tell you something. It was one of the loudest reactions that I have ever heard at a wrestling event when Kofi Kingston got that win. It was a moment. It, it, I'm talking goosebumps, gave me chills, brought a tear to my eye. That's how that match went down at MetLife Stadium last night. So earlier in the show, we were talking about the time and, you know, the, the, ma- the main event went in at midnight. What I'm wondering is this. What if they would have flip-flopped the two matches? Not that they were going to do this. I'm talking about a hypothetical. I don't want to waste too much time on a hypothetical. But but if the women were in the Kofi spot and Kofi was in the main event, do you think we would have got the same reactions? No, and I'll tell you why. Because of the way that match went down with Ronda Rousey. It left people in a, a little bit of doubt about if Becky really deserved to have that victory or not. And I said this before, Bully, and I know there's going to be a lot of people that are going to disagree with me. And you talked about, you know, another match getting people emotionally involved outside of the women. Kofi Kingston not only matched it, but exceeded it. I was more emotionally involved in Kofi Kingston last night than I was in Becky Lynch. And that's the truth. And it's not just the match, it's the story too. We talked about the story being a little confusing and convoluted. That was not the case when it came to Daniel Bryan and Kofi Kingston. There was not one person at MetLife Stadium last night that was cheering for Daniel Bryan. You cannot say the same thing for the women's main event. When Kofi Kingston won, I was sitting in my home, and the minute the three count happened, I had an instant smile on my face. And I actually stopped for a minute, and I'm like, look at you, you stupid Mark. Look at you buying into this stuff. And that's when I know it works. I was so happy for him. I was so emotionally invested. Dave, I went into WrestleMania as a fan last night. I said, I'm taking, I'm taking my veteran cap off. I'm watching this as a fan. I am going to allow myself to be entertained. Even though, even if I tried to break down the Kofi-Daniel Bryan match, even if I tried to pick it apart, you couldn't. There's nothing to pick apart. That was a genius match. Great psychology. Great false finishes. Great reversals. When Kofi, when um, when Big E brought out the box, you didn't know what was in that box. People th- were thinking, "Oh, is Big E gonna turn?" There, there were some yep. people out there who thought the New Day may turn on Kofi. So you had zero clue, and that's why I was so excited at the end because Kofi standing in the middle of the ring with his brothers, with his championship, and with his children. That's a WrestleMania moment. It sure is. It may be one of the best WrestleMania moments of all time. And you talk about emotional involvement. That's what pro wrestling is all about. And just a reaction, not only to the win, but like you said, the false finishes, the gasps that were going on during that match as well, when there was a couple of times where you really thought Daniel Bryan might get the best of Kofi Kingston. And that's what a great story does. I would think that most people going into that match was thinking, you know what, Kofi's going to win this championship. But they did a great story, story 
telling job, man. It was amazing where you just didn't know. And that's what pro re- that's the reason why we fall in love with pro wrestling, bully. So I'm going to ask you your opinion on something. So Kofi and Daniel Bryan, one-on-one, did a phenomenal job by themselves, working together as athletes, wrestlers, performers, entertainers. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the SiriusXM app. We got to start giving some love to your new universal champion, Seth Rollins. What a way to start. Wow. Guns ablazing. Love it. When I saw Heyman come out, I was so excited because I knew exactly what was going on. And, and the way they framed it from a story point of view, if Brock's not going to be on last, let's get this ass whooping over with now and talk about setting the tone probably i don't know correct me if i'm wrong probably the best opening wrestlemania match in my mind of all time as far as people going absolutely bonkers Ooh, that's a tough one that's a great question okay give me one off the top of your head that's better daniel bryan and triple h to start off wrestlemania 30 okay fair enough you yeah, know what? Good, but, good one. Yeah. But you know what, though? I mean, it's hard. I mean, it's really hard to choose. No, no they're comparable. Yeah. Uh, we don't. We don't have to say one's better than the other. They're on the same level as far as what a way to set the tone for the night. So you're absolutely right, Dave. But uh, w- when you do something like that and you set the tone for the night, things can only go one way, and that's up. Yep. And that's how they continue to go. And I love the fact. That you know what they did in the Brock match? You know what Brock and Seth did in their match that made it special? What's that? Nothing. They kept it simple. It was a it, Brock beat the crap out of him before the bell, and that justified the nut shot. If Brock would have never have jumped uh uh Seth. Then the nut shot is a disconnect because now I have my baby face nut shot in the heel again. Yep. But because Brock cheated by beating the piss out of him for a good three or four minutes before the bell, then now the nut shot is justified to me. Nut shot, three curb stomps, one, two, three. Keep it, keep it simple, stupid. Thank you very much. Get in, get on, get off. Goodbye. Seth Rollins, your new universal champion. And I had doubts. Listen, I'll say it. You know, we, we've done our predictions. You know, you and I have done our predictions. Mark Henry and I have done our predictions. And I didn't think Seth was going to win because I didn't know if Seth was the guy. But judging from those 80,000 fans at MetLife Stadium, sure as hell seems like Seth is the guy, Bully. Well, you, you, let's not mistake the guy with the placement of the match. You're in, a, you're in a perfect spot to be the guy. That doesn't necessarily mean you are the guy. We'll know if he's the guy moving forward. I think that guy comes out on Raw tonight. He's going to get a monster reaction. I think he's going to do great as a champion who can defend his belt all the time. It's going to be nice to see the championship on Raw every week. Now it's going to be a question of who they have for him. Who do they feed to him? Can he stay the guy 
by quality of opponents. Do you understand that? Yeah, absolutely. It's okay. important who you're in the ring with. That's, that's exactly. for certain. Being the guy at WrestleMania and being on first, hey, man, you're being handed the guy on a silver platter. So now let's see what he does moving forward. But if there's anybody that I have confidence in being able to do that, it is Seth Rollins. The Busted Open Podcast. Pretty damn good show. At historic Madison Square Garden for the G1 Supercard on Saturday, Bully. Um, from the reports that I heard, it was an amazing show. Uh, I was there, yeah, but I mean, I didn't get to see much. I was so busy uh, taking care of my own business and helping others out with theirs. Uh, I can't really comment on the whole show. I don't know. I, I mean, you and Alex were there. What's your opinion of the show? Yeah, and and I was with Alex, and I, I want to get Alex's perspective, but really quick, and I said this to you yesterday, Bully, um, just when you look at the show itself, the significance of that show, being at Madison Square Garden and the crowd that was a part of Madison Square Garden, it was one of my favorite shows that I've ever seen. And I'm not just saying that because I'm doing the show with you and you were a big part of that show. When you factor everything that went into that night and then the fact that you had a sold out Madison Square Garden, when you have you know an IWGP heavyweight champion defending his championship belt, when you have you know a new Ring of Honor world champion, I mean, my God, that was one special night at Madison Square Garden. And again, everything and the atmosphere—it was one of my all-time favorite shows. I mean, that's great. That's great to hear, Alex. What was your opinion? Yeah, I I was thinking about this all weekend about what I wanted to say about that show uh, Saturday night, and I just want to come on and say, please, Ring of Honor, New Japan, we got to do that again because holy crap, that was one of the most fun times I've ever had watching wrestling. It was top to bottom, an exciting, diverse and just action-packed card. You cared about every single match. You cared about every single championship. Seeing Okada win his fifth IWGP Heavyweight Championship in the Garden. With, I mean, everybody, that place went absolutely bananas when he won the match. When he won the, match. Uh, the Ring of Honor World title match was insane. Uh, Kota Bushi and Naito was insane. Z- Zack Sabre Jr. and Tanahashi, just everything on the card. Uh, Bully, your match was so much fun. It was just uh, everything, top to bottom. I had a freaking blast, and I hope that's not the last time I see those two companies in the garden. And you talk about a winner-take-all match. And you talk about if you can't be last, be first. That Jeff Cobb Will Ospreay match was insane. Insane. And you know, if if you have any doubts about either of those two guys being on a major platform, and obviously they've had big matches in big venues. But that was one hell of a match to start off the G one supercard on Saturday. And if you were ever wondering if PCO really was not human. Saturday night we learned he is not human. Oh my god. First of all, he's not t- human. You talk about WrestleMania-esque entrances, PCO's entrance at the garden, and then there was one point where he's outside the ring and it looks like he's out cold and he kind of did that Undertaker like sit up. The place went freaking nuts. Like a PCO has got to be probably the most over wrestler Right now in pro wrestling. It's crazy. I think that was when they powerbombed him from the ring 
not outside to the floor through a table, not outside the floor through two tables, outside to the floor, straight to the floor. Oh, yeah. It was insane. Not human. Uh, Alex, the the thing that the one thing that you said about my match, you called it fun. That's the biggest compliment that you can uh, pay to me. So I, I'm I'm really glad to hear that that word was used, and I appreciate it. Uh, Jeff Cobb and Osprey was the one that I had been talking about, la- you know, m- uh, leading up to the G1 Supercard, as I thought it could steal the show. I caught a little bit of uh, I, I heard the Naito match. People were so into it. Um, uh, it it almost sounds like you guys feel like it might have been. I, was it the best show of the weekend? Ooh, that's a. I mean, between NXT and what we saw last night at WrestleMania 35, uh, yeah, it was the best show this weekend. And I was, and I, and that's not uh, taking anything away from last night or NXT from Friday night at Barclays. But yeah, I would say that was the match of the, uh, the that was the card of the weekend. And uh, I got to give a shout out to Velvet, now part of Allure, uh, a new. Uh, a, a new formidable, um, you know, I guess, you know, stable there in Ring of Honor w- with the women's division, and uh, that was a pretty co- that was pretty cool. Um, I would I would say that Velvet was the most beautiful thing at the Garden, but there was a fat head of me in the Garden crowd. I don't know if you noticed that bully, but uh, there was a Lagreca fat head. I believe Scott uh, Nation member Scott, who was at our ten year anniversary party, brought it over, and it was at the Garden. Did you happen to notice? That? That while you were in the ring, bully, because it would be awesome that you're having this historic moment and you see my face. Uh, yeah, no, I didn't see it. I was too busy beating the shit out of Mega Ran. <laughs> I will say this: uh, who, who Mega Ran out of the building after I whipped him with my chain? And you know what, bully? I know you love being the most hated man in the room. You were the most loved man in the room at the Garden for a moment when you came out while he was rapping because nobody <laughs> wanted to hear from Mega Ran. Nobody. Yeah. I hear you. Uh, I, I'm just going to digress for a second. I, I, I have to, on a personal level, I was really proud of the girls of Velvet, Angel, and Mandy because they have been working on this idea for so long. I mean, it's got to be going. It's it's close to six months they've been cultivating this, and they, they probably could have been able to debut this a while ago, but they really wanted to wait for the right time. And if you can debut a brand new... Uh, stable, a brand new uh, faction like the Allure, and you can do it at the G1 Supercard. Talk about catching lightning in a bottle. Uh, Hats off to them. Bravo to them. Uh, I think they add new depth and dimension to the women's division, Um, and it's going to be exciting to see what they can do. And you know what? I know you don't like giving a lot of credit to Flip Gordon, but Flip Gordon was taking shots with kendo sticks from from you and from Silas Young. But there was one in particular from Shane Taylor that I think even you had to say, oh, my God. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> he Absolutely. T- he took a shot on Flip Gordon where the kendo stick broke in half for the shot that he gave Flip Gordon. Dear God. Listen, every, everybody went in one direction that night. We decided to go in a different direction. We gave you something different. Alex said it was fun, and that's it. And I'm just glad to hear you guys talking so highly about the entire show. And, um, I, I mean, I hope you're not doing it just because I'm here talking to you. It sounds like you're being really genuine. 
uh, the feedback on social media has been uh, incredible. Well, I'll say this, Bully, and, and anyone that follows me on social media knows that I've been doing this T-shirt challenge all the way up to WrestleMania. So I wore 51 pro wrestling shirts leading up to WrestleMania. I bought another shirt at the G1 Supercard. So that tells you where my life is right now and also how much I love that show on Saturday. I do have to say this, and maybe people who are watching it on the Fight app or watching it on pay-per-view did not notice this, but if you were part of the Madison Square Garden crowd, obviously you know, and that is the run-in from... uh, Big Kaz and Enzo, and that was a shock to the Madison Square Garden crowd on Saturday. Um, I, I, I wouldn't describe it as a run-in. Run-in means that it was like uh, in the context of the show. Okay. And I'm not going to uh, shed any light on this because I don't want to take away from all the positiveness on the show. Um, two assholes went into business for themselves, and n- no place for that anywhere whether they did it at survivor series or at the g1 um i'm not that's all that's all i have to say about it i heard somebody jumped the rail i I was i was really interested in that tag match Uh, listen uh tama uh tama tonga god you know the grills of destiny you know back when they first started 12 years ago they trained with me and divon and their dad so i have you know, those, I have so much emotion attached to those guys. I love their father. I want to see them do well. I was really happy for PCO being back at Madison Square Garden. He was there at WrestleMania 10. So I'm watching, and then all of a sudden I hear somebody scream, holy shit, somebody jumped the rail. And, like, immediately my instinct is go down there. When I realized who it was, I don't even, I, I don't even know really what to think but i they deserve zero uh time and that's it i'm done with it yeah and and really quick just i want to give kudos obviously i i i I really i watched it again in the morning and kudos to cole cabana and kevin kelly for they didn't acknowledge it at all on the show and on the live broadcast and i also because it's tough when it comes to pro wrestling you know that bully Kudos to the Madison Square Garden security as well. Really, you know, Dave? Yeah, I think no, so. No, no. Yeah. I got in no, I got into it with them later on because I don't know what the hell where were they? Well, I mean, listen, I mean they it's pro wrestling bully. They they don't they they did jump. Maybe they were late, but they did get involved. Okay. I mean no problem. you know, and 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 you know, listen. You got involved too, and kudos to you. But if anyone missed it, it is available on the Fight app. It's still available on pay per view too. To me, as a lifelong pro wrestling fan, and bully, you know this. I've we've talked about the greatest arenas when it comes to pro wrestling. My knock on Madison Square Garden has always been that that had a stranglehold by the WWE. When you go from decade to decade, the 80s, the 90s, into the 2000s, you never saw anything outside of the WWE slash WWF. And to me, that was a little bit of a credibility hit to Madison Square Garden. I got to throw that out the window after Saturday. To see the IWGP champion championship change hands to see the ring of honor world championship change hands to see tanahashi in the ring at madison square garden man i'm I'm, even talking about it it gives me goosebumps so again in the in the world's most famous arena that was one special night for pro wrestling 
Well, I wish I could speak more to the details of the night. I'm just uh, proud that I was part of it. Check uh, another one off of my bucket list. I really have nothing left to do. And it was important for me to be able to thank Eric Bischoff at our 10th anniversary party. He's the guy that handed me the ball a long time ago. And if, uh, you know, I created Bully Ray, he handed Bully Ray the ball. And that's how I got Bully Ray to Madison Square Garden. So thanks again to Eric. Uh, It seems like this entire weekend, Dave, whether it was it was takeover, whether it was the G1 Supercard, or whether it was WrestleMania, this might be the greatest weekend of pro wrestling ever. When you look at the, the for match quality and moments, yeah, it, it may be. When you look at how great NXT was, some people are saying that might be the best NXT takeover ever. You know, you look at history being made at Madison Square Garden, and you and you see a damn good WrestleMania 35 in New Jersey, and then of course the 10 year anniversary party of Busted Open. This may have been the best WrestleMania weekend ever. And from what I'm hearing, and I have to go back and watch this because I was extremely busy when TakeOver was going on, um, Gargano and Cole might have been one of the best matches of the weekend also. Yeah, and you know, that third... You were there, right? The third uh, fall especially might have been some of the best wrestling we've ever seen. The Busted Open Podcast. Miz and Shane, and Miz and Shane bully last night, the best word to describe is crazy. Typical Shane McMahon match? Uh, Yeah, you're going to get the crazy spot. I think it was, and, you, and you're used to seeing it, and it's like, oh my God, are they really going to do this? Are they going to climb to the top of that camera tower and do something nuts? And they definitely did. But you know what? Kudos to the Miz as well, because maybe the Miz right now is about as crazy as Shane McMahon. Yeah, but I mean, seriously, we've seen Shane McMahon climb to the top of the Titan Tron, and you're shocked that he climbed to the top of the of the camera truss. Well, not so much from Shane, because you're right; he's always going to do stuff crazy. It was it was it was pretty cool seeing Miz get a little crazy last night too. It was the car crash match of the night, and as car crashes go. They did a great job. Very entertaining. People with her into it. It was really odd seeing the Miz's dad standing there <laughs> in that pose as if somebody hit the freeze button on the remote control. And it, 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 was, it was odd. But you know what? It, like I said, I had my fan hat on yep. last night. Okay? I wasn't overanalyzing. I was watching. I was enjoying. I was in the moment. It was a fun match. And I, and I like matches like that because, listen, nobody wants to see Miz and Shane McMahon have a wrestling match. What if the Miz and Shane would have did with Daniel Bryan and Kofi did? Uh-uh. Don't want to see it. Nope. I want to see a spectacle. I want to see a moment. I want to see some holy shit spots. And that's what I got from these you guys. You did. And when you have uh, 80,000 fans uh, chanting holy shit, you, you, got, you know you did well. And, and it's kind of funny because watching at home, I'll have to go back and, and, and watch this and get the, uh, the TV experience. But being there, especially where I was sitting and I was looking down, because usually in these false count anywhere matches, bully, you get lost. You don't know where 
everybody is or you can't see stuff. I was I was perfect because I was above everything so I could look down and it was crazy seeing them go through that crowd at MetLife Stadium and you talk about the final spot where you know Shane actually gets the pin because he just fell on top of the Miz. From my perspective that that um, camera tower looked maybe maybe it looked more higher than what it what it really was, and maybe the TV's perspective was different. But being a part of that crowd, that spot looked absolutely amazing, and to see Miz do that too, because here's a guy, bully. We talked about it before when he first was coming up. You know, did he deserve it? You know, we talked to him. Uh, last week when we interviewed him about, you know, he was alienated in the locker room. I think that guy, once again, has proved himself time and time again. When does The Miz not prove himself? Went out there, had a great match. He got over. I loved the finish because it was realistic. He hit the big move. The babyface sacrificed himself. And it just, it backfired on him. Shane just happened to land on top of it, so the, on top of him. So the 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 story and the finish completely made sense. Nobody is looking at Miz as a loser tonight. Uh, today we're looking at Miz as somebody who put on an entertaining match and put his body at risk for us. So great job to both guys. And you mentioned your seats and your vantage point. I mean. You were so high up that you could have probably had a beer with God. <laughs> hey, let's uh, let's just say this. I saw uh you know Rebby Sky, former part of this show with with Matt, you know, cheering on Matt Hardy. She was sitting at ringside, okay? I was closer to God than I was to Rebby. Okay, Rebby Hardy was further away from me sitting at ringside <laughs> than God. <laughs> Think about that for a second. I When I saw that picture you posted on social media, and you've been bitching and moaning so long that, like, WrestleMania is in New Jersey, WrestleMania in New Jersey, and then I saw how far back you were sitting. I was like, well, you might as well be in New York. You're so far away. You know what, though? I got to hang with the Busted Open Nation, so that was a lot of fun. And listen, I was in a suite, so I have no complaints. Sweet, sweet. Yeah, and uh, but, you know and you know how much times I run to the bathroom, so that's a big deal for me you to like be in chip. the suite. <laughs> but I had a I had a wonderful time with the Busted Open Nation last night with our winners to our WrestleMania contest. So that was a lot of fun. And then the match that was a little bit surprising as far as the uh outcome, and I want to get your take, is that fatal four-way tag match for the WWE women's tag match championship. Um of course Bailey and Sasha losing that title and not to who we expected, but to the iconics. Did that surprise you at all? Listen, I obviously I wanted Natty to win just because of the moment, and they could have flashed Anvil's, uh, you know, likeness on the board, or have him cut that little promo like he cut at the Hall of Fame, and to have Bret Hart to walk them out too. I, I thought for sure we were going to get that moment last night. There is no doubt that that would have been a great WrestleMania moment seeing Bret Hart raise their hands. Absolutely. But they decided not to go that way, and I liked the direction they went in mm -hmm. because it was unpredictable and it was unexpected. The Iconics get a lot of flack, man. I have found them entertaining from day one. They, it's like they share the same brain. They complete each other's senses. They're like, you know, identical twins. And even though they're annoying, to me, they're entertaining annoying. There's something about their act that clicks for me. Are they the greatest wrestlers? Absolutely not. But they don't have to be. They just need to be 
great entertainers. I thought their ring gear looked great. I thought they made the most of their opportunity. The finish was smartly done because obviously the Iconics are not going to out-wrestle any of the other six girls. They stole the victory. They do what heels do. And let me tell you something. If you looked at the look on those two girls' faces after the match were over, they were genuinely happy because they're the most unlikely of people to win. And they've tried really hard, and they do their best with everything that they've been handed. So congratulations to them. They had their moment in the spotlight. They had their moment in the sun. They had their WrestleMania moment. That's all you can ask for. Yeah, and I was really happy for the Iconics. And then the next match is the match that I think was the was the match of the night for sure, and that was Kofi. Kofi Kingston challenging Daniel Bryan for the WWE Championship. And, you know, that match ran about 23 minutes. And what a classic between those two. Uh, the, the reaction from the crowd, the emotional involvement from the crowd. Everybody was either on the edge of their seats or standing. That was one hell of a moment and a match last night between Kofi and Daniel Bryan. Match of the night, hands down. I don't do star ratings. I do money bag ratings. Five money bags because that match was nothing but money. It had everything you want a WrestleMania match to be. Boom, done, end of story. And I thought it was a top five WrestleMania match and maybe a top top five WrestleMania moment. Do you agree? I know you don't get much into list, but for you, is that up there, Bully? Dave, they made me shoot smile. I was, I had a giant smile on my face. I had a smile on my face because I know Kofi on a, a little bit of a personal level from working with him. I had a smile on my face because I got to see the rise of the New Day happen right in front of me. I had a smile on my face because I know he's a genuine nice guy. I had a smile on my face because I know that this whole moment happened organically. I had a smile on my face because the guy had his kids in the ring. I had a smile on my face because the story of... of uh, of people like us worked. Yep. I had a smile on my face because 80,000 people were on their feet. When pro wrestling is done right, that's what it's supposed to look like. And they got it right last night with that match. And I had a smile on my face because as a guy who, who proudly touts his freaking horn as being a master class heel, Daniel Bryan is a master class heel, and you don't get those kind of reactions unless you have a heel like Daniel Bryan. In I, I totally agree. It was a wonderful moment. And this is not to discredit anything that took place afterwards, Bully, but up until that point, when Kofi raised that championship belt above his head, I was thinking to myself, man, this is one of the best WrestleManias I've ever seen. I like, think... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go, go, go. No, from start to what to that point, I was like, man, this this has been on a hundred miles per hour for two and a half hours. And it was absolutely fantastic. But I gotta be honest with you, after that match, things started to turn. Now maybe it's being tired, maybe it was the length, maybe it was being part of the crowd. I don't know. But things started to change after that moment. Okay, so check this out, Dave. Imagine you're having a romantic encounter with the, the, the beautiful Violetta, and it starts the way it started with Brock and Seth, and it ends the way it does with Kofi and DB. That's one hell of a build, right? For yes. the first hour and a half or so, right? Maybe two hours. From start to finish, it, it, Daniel Bryan and, and Kofi, that's one hell of a climax right there. Man, you got to come down, right? At some point, you have to. You gotta, you gotta take a little bit of a rest before you start to go again, unless you take Roman, and then you're, and then you're fine. 
Exactly. <laughs> and you know what? I don't think the people necessarily rested on Joe and Ray, which was the next match. I think it was quick because it needed to be, I think, because of Ray's ankle, right? Yeah, and, yeah, and I, and it just was a good showcase for Samoa Joe too, and you know what? And that, and I was fine with that match. And, it, and listen, it was a great come down match. Think about it, like you said, you just had all that emotion from the crowd. They needed like a, they needed a match like Samoa Joe and they Rey needed Mysterio. to smoke a cigarette. Yes. And- <laughs> Thanks for listening. Catch us weekdays on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.